This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. To pay tribute, the band will now play A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Please alert your attention to the Jumbotron. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 48 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Chris Neely. Welcome back in to another Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club episode. And, and this episode is a special episode. Uh, while we primarily are a Jackson State Athletics podcast, when presented with the opportunity to bring in two alumni of Jackson State who worked on this momentous chapter in the state of Mississippi, the removal of the now former state flag of Mississippi, we jumped at the opportunity to bring these gentlemen on. And I wanted to welcome to the podcast, a representative, uh, a representative of the House side of the Mississippi State Legislature, State Representative Christopher M. Bell. Welcome in. Hey, thanks, Charles. Appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. Sure thing. And representing the Senate side of the State Legislature, uh, the iconic, the venerable Senator Hillman Frazier. Welcome in, sir. Thanks. Glad to be here. Looking forward to the show. Podcast. No d- no doubt about it. And I wanted to start things off, you know, I, I, and Chris, I, I know there was not one simple thing that started the process of the removal of the flag. Uh, of course, the entire world uh, was looking at the state of Mississippi. But I wanted, if you could, to kind of take us uh, behind the curtain, if you will, uh, in terms of the role you played, especially at the beginning of this effort. And if my, if my timeline is right, uh, it seems as though things really started at the beginning of the month of June or roughly uh, uh, June 6th or so. I remember uh, the protests in the, in, the, in the state of Mississippi uh, 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 protesting the, the killing of George Floyd. But 
from there, you go to mid-June, and the Southeastern Conference condemned the flag. Uh, they demanded that it be changed. Then the NCAA uh, chimed in later. And then uh, we got basically uh, Mississippi Baptist Convention. Kylan Hill also chimed in, uh, threatening to, to leave the, the state over the, the state flag. Then it was even Walmart. But, you know, kind of take us through that process, if you will. Well, 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 Chuck, what happened um, for us on the House side, it was around June 4th, June 5th. Um, myself and a colleague were actually walking to get some coffee or passing by each other from getting coffee. And um, she pulled me to the side and she said, hey, if you guys are talking about doing something with respect to the flag, you know, count me in. And I, I told her, I said, well, yeah, we actually have had some preliminary conversations, a small group of us. But if, you know, you can pull some Republican colleagues that are interested in being a part of it, let me know. And, uh, you know, we can talk about it. And honestly, Chuck, I blew it off to a certain extent. You know, I went back to my desk, sat down, sat on it for 24 hours, and then uh, came back in the next day and was like, hey, guys, this is what, what happened yesterday. What do you think? Can we trust it? And we put the meeting together on that Thursday or Friday before the uh, protest in Jackson. Um, mm. And we set it up for that Monday at 3 p.m. in room 114. And we had a bipartisan group of individuals, um, various ranges of age, um, different ethnicities, of course, different parties. And we all came together and mapped out a solution or a, a a roadmap as to how we would secure enough votes to have a um, resolution suspension uh, being introduced. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we left that room, like I said, we're all charged with getting individuals to say that they were uh, willing to vote to change the flag. And it was more so on the Republican side versus the Democratic side. But we also understood that those Republicans were going to need some of our voices as well as to why it was important to change the flag for the state of Mississippi. The individuals that were doing the protests throughout the world and the nation, as well as Jackson, certainly 100% were a part of the equation as to why this flag changed. Um, wow. My desk mate, which is, uh, <clears throat> which is, she is amazing. Uh, she contacted the NCAA. She sent emails, had phone conversations with them. And that was the turning point when the NCAA came in, the SEC came in. I mean, it was a uh, it was a beautiful effort uh, on the House side. On the House side, it was a beautiful effort um, by those individuals. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've always said that change occurs in small groups, and mm -hmm. that small group made a significant change. Uh, and we had allies that we didn't even count on having uh, throughout this process. It was the most organized, unorganized campaign I've ever been a part of because you had individuals on the Republican side that were going out to dinner and having drinks with folks and didn't realize they were in a focus group with different individuals wow. as to uh, to the process of changing the flag. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get people comfortable, they express their true feelings of how they really feel. And that's what happened. You had individuals mm -hmm. um, that actually went out and, and made a difference and made a change. You know, some of those guys, you know, they 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 made a 
a sacrifice for their seats, so to speak, because a lot of them were concerned about losing their seats uh, as a result of their constituents being upset because they voted for the flag change. Sure. But at the end of the day, they wanted to be on the right side of history, and that's all that matters. No doubt about it. So, Senator Frazier, take take us through that same process on, on the Senate side. Where you guys I, 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 I think a good starting point is a couple of years ago when uh, the state of Mississippi was chosen to host the Southern Legislative Conference. Uh, that is a conference of all Southern legislators who wants to talk about policy going forward. And Mississippi was the host state on the coast that year. Our Mississippi Legislative Black Caucus took a stand that we would boycott that coast uh, convention to the flag. And we talked to other national legislators. We served also with uh, with the National Black Caucus of State Legislators. I talked with them, we talked with them about boycotting our own conference in Mississippi. And they mm. did that. And when they refused to come to the coast, uh, they lost money. They lost money because of that. And they did get the attention of some of those, um, uh, in particular, the speaker who was chairing that event that time around. So he came out right in favor of a flag some years ago, but we saw no action on his part in terms of moving the ball forward. Uh, coming up to this session, uh, there were bills introduced on the Senate side and the House side to remove the flag. And um, the last bill that was introduced was a suspension resolution, and it was sent to the Constitution Committee as opposed to the Rules Committee. Uh, we talked and we talked. We knew we had folks in the Rules Committee to push that forward, push it out. But the leadership was not ready to go to that step. Uh, the hanging point was that. A lot of our colleagues thought that since we had a vote on a vote on the flag in 2001, we should also have a vote on the same flag in 2020. And uh, we had to negotiate with members of our own on, on Senate. Uh, our presiding officer wanted to have a, a new flag. We wanted to uh, also put the old flag on the ballot two years from now to uh, get the people a choice of a new flag or the old flag. But our Senate uh, Democrats, uh, held our ground. He said that we would not support any type of re- referendum. If we're going forward with the new flag, it must be done by the legislature, by the House and the Senate, without going through the agony of a statewide referendum. Well, um, Lieutenant Governor came back with a separate proposal. He said that what we'll do, we would give you a choice of two flags on the ballot in 2022 as opposed to doing it in 2020, because he said in 2020, the uh, turnout's going to be so large you're going to have to uh, uh, elect for the president on the ballot, and that might uh, be very detrimental to passing a new flag uh, altogether. So the Democrats still held the line saying that we would only support uh, votes by the Michigan legislature. Well, on the other side of the hall, uh, wasn't very hard getting the votes to suspend the rules to uh, come up with a new flag altogether. So, uh, once we knew that he was working, we decided to dig even deeper on the on the Senate side to let the Lieutenant Governor know that we would not support any type of re- referendum with the old flag on it. Well, the old flag was removed from discussion, and the compromise was that we would have a new flag, but a commission would select a new flag, and the old flag would not be on the ballot in 2020 as opposed to 2022. And also, mm-hmm. it specifically stated that no part of Confederate it would be on our new flag on the ballot in 2020. And also they said that uh, any new flag must include uh, the scripture from our state seal in God we trust. And they said that would be, that, that would uh, 
talking to both of some wanted a direct uh, referendum. And once we get that, and also folks started coalescing, we created the per- perfect storm because different people started coming in, supporting, and calling for a new flag for us. So how detrimental the old flag was to the state of Mississippi. Um, we pointed out there was an economic issue back in uh, uh, two years ago when we boycotted it, and they saw the impact of it. When they saw that other organizations and other conferences started boycotting the state because of the flag, it got the attention of policymakers in the municipal legislature, and they gave us that intent to go even further. And also the Black Lives Movement uh, played a very important role because we had a big, massive protest in the city of Jackson, a very uh, a mixed Groups working very hard, very peaceful, but led by the uh, thing, uh, 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 new generation. Uh, those young students uh, were very peaceful, and uh, they knew that uh, they were marching for a change because they wanted to go forward as opposed to going backwards. And they got the attention of the legislature in terms of men going forward to uh, come up with a new flag. And so we did manage to uh, get the votes from the Senate side to go on the House side to um, put this marriage on the ballot in 2020 in November. Well, i tell you what, gentlemen, uh, I know I speak on behalf of Chuck and all our listeners when I say how valuable uh, your leadership uh, was in this effort and leading up to it, because it has, both of you have alluded to that this this didn't just start, you know, in June. It's been a, an ongoing process for many legislative sessions, for many years and many decades. Uh, and, and to see that this come fruition, you know, in this year, 2020, compounded with a pandemic going on is, is just a testament to your individual and collective, you know, legislative abilities to understand the process and rule suspensions and how to how to get this done in the most awkward of settings, you know, versus just the general filing of a bill. And, and you know, Senator, you mentioned the uh, the Black Lives Matter protest that took place, you know, the, the days before. I, I happened to, to to attend it, and one of the things that I noticed from the crowd, uh, the the age and the diversity, and if I compare that to the flag vote of 20 years ago, I was enthusiastic that now Mississippi had the numbers uh, to vote for a new flag. However, I was gravely concerned about what a campaign would look like. You know, you two and myself included have run for office before and, and campaigns can be bloody. And I think that the the legislative leadership on getting this thing done and avoiding a campaign, a statewide referendum, no matter how the election results would have turned out, uh, the, the the bloodletting, so to speak, that during a campaign leading up to it would have been something that would have been detrimental for Mississippi economics. So I think your leadership in that regard, you know, needs needs to be saluted as well. Well, that would have given us a, a, a big, big negative going forward because I was on the commission in 20, uh, 2001 when uh, they had a sit referendum. Our Democratic mm-hmm. governor uh, appointed a commission to uh, go around holding hearings around the state. I went to every hearing around the state uh, on the flag, and it was very contentious back then. In fact, I it had was. to go to a hearing in Moorhead, Mississippi. The high patrolman mm. who was driving, was driving me down there dropped me off and left because he was so afraid that something was happening. Mm. I saw mm-hmm. those little flags going back and forth. And those mm-hmm. uh, meetings were very, very heated because folks were very passionate about keeping that old flag because it was part of their heritage and we're trying to rewrite history. But we were telling them that their history belongs in the museum as opposed to on state buildings and schools. And also, an important thing that we can't overlook is the fact that a lot of our cities stopped flying the flag, a lot of our universities stopped flying the state flag. So we had to help mm-hmm. educate the legislature in terms of what we should be doing going forward. So like we pointed out in 20, 
2001, it was very hot, very contentious, very ugly. And we didn't want to uh, re- uh, go down that road again in 2020. So oh, yes, sir. And, and past state. You know, I was on the city council in Jackson, and it, I, I wanted to say that my very first vote was to remove the flag from city property. And then that summer we rolled into the flag hearings, and I remember uh, you and David, Senator David Jordan, being at the one in Millsaps, and here we are, you know, in even 20 years ago, majority black Jackson uh, at at uh, a, a neutral site such as Millsap College, and even that meeting, you know, got contentious. And that was the kind of thing that just led me to think whatever we need to do to avoid a campaign, not necessarily taking the wheel away from the people, decision-making uh, from the people, but to avoid that campaign. Because one thing that folks lose sight of, Chuck, is that mm-hmm. this thing is not a democracy, it's a republic. You know, we don't vote on every single issue. We elect right. leaders who make decisions like this. And so so when folks get out there and say things like, oh, you you went around the people, you didn't let the let the people, well, that's not the way the Constitution is. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah. it's not a republic from which it stands. So. I, I, I applaud you, you gentlemen, again, and, and both of the bodies that you represent to just understand and, and the process of getting people to buy in. Uh, I know, as Representative Bell mentioned, there are a lot of conversations that take place, you know, behind doors, but you guys were coming out and informing folks of, of that process as best you could, and I think that helped the groundswell. One thing I want to ask uh, uh, to, to both of you in that regard, you know, uh, this has been going on a long time, this fight to change right. the flag. Uh, and as we talk about that intersection of social justice and, and how athletics uh, and even black athletes, black athletics plays a role in that, uh, you, this was a time that you saw, you know, sports really have an impact on the decision-making process. Representative Bell mentioned the NCAA and SEC coming in. You know, start with you, Senator Frazier. What, what, what did you see as, as that process as sports began to, put, began to push this needle unlike before in past flag discussions? Yes, one thing about Mississippi, uh, football is religion in Mississippi. Athletic religion in Mississippi. When our legislature saw athletes at our campuses moving away, transferring out because of uh, the coach in Mississippi State who was brought in, who uh, talked about the news, and also something want to put another state flag. When they saw that Tyler Hill made a strong statement that he could not represent Mississippi as long as the flag was flying, uh, that did get the attention of many of our colleagues. And also when they saw uh, the unity of our athletic directors and our coaches in Mississippi coming together at the state capitol demanding that we change that flag because it was putting them uh, athletically and also financially, uh, the legislature took note of that. Although the Baptists and the uh, Pentecostals and Memphis all got together and came up there demanding a flag, uh, when the athletes, when athletes bring the part of it, that was a new ball game altogether because uh, mm. they were able to push over the finish line. It was just like it was fourth and go with uh, one play left. But when the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the athletes came in, they pushed it across the finish line. We called the play mm. and made the wood. Mm-hmm. There were more than they, they were activists. Right. And, I was very and, proud of so, our Jackson State coaches who were on the front line, hollering very hard for it, and also Bell and Alcorn. They were on the front line advocating for a change, and we listened and to them, and it happened because they were involved in politics. And, 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 and that's what we, we appreciate them being there with it, but just for the record, Bell and Alcorn were on the second line, Jackson State was on the first line. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, you know, even even in, even in this even in this issue where we can all agree, we still have a second order as far as where we are. So, 
Yeah, so to echo um, what the good Senator Frazier said, uh, it was a, a, a movement. We caught the, uh, and, and let me just say this, we, because I feel a part of all of this. Sure. Um, the, the, the student athletes caught the attention of these legislators as well as the uh, lieutenant governor because in the beginning, the uh, Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, in 2015 was all on board. I mean, he came mm-hmm. out and said, look, we need to change this. This flag is detrimental to the state of Mississippi and the people that it represents. Uh, as a former quarterback at, at Baylor <clears throat> uh, College, Baylor University, uh, Speaker Gunn understood the significance of how it would affect uh, athletes uh, representing the state of Mississippi. So when mm-hmm. uh, Kalen Hill came out with, I can't play under this flag, and it caught everybody's attention, uh, it made a it made a big difference, and and the other aspect of it is, you know, you really think about uh, the majority of our white institutions that are in the state of Mississippi. They all depend on African American athletes. Certainly, and if each of one of those athletes decided, you know what, I'm gonna sit out, mm-hmm. they would definitely lose money. So it 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 it, it resonated to the right people. The right mm-hmm. boosters, no uh, alumni—they they recognized it. Mm-hmm. Now you know you may not be able to change their hearts uh, with respect how they feel about that flag, but we definitely uh, the process hit them in their pockets and and in their hearts of football to uh, make yeah. them understand how significant this is. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask What's this that? question, uh, and, and and the question I want to ask is: uh, Is there a way to quantify? Uh, what this means for the state economically, uh, especially from a, an athletic standpoint going forward uh, in terms of, of, of tearing down uh, this flag and, and what it could potentially mean for, for the state in terms of, 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 of the SEC uh, or championship games, I'm sorry, being played in the state of Mississippi. Right, there's a way to quantify that because uh, by not playing those uh, championship games and playoff games in Mississippi, uh, the Schools and the council will lose money as a result of that, but we can't, we cannot determine how we can't determine how much it is based on how much they made in the past. Um, unfortunately, they lose numbers before some of the members going forward. But yes, there's a way to quantify that. And also, we got a long uh, uh, hall, big hall from uh, the Mississippi Economic Council. They were telling us how many uh, businesses decided not to locate here because of the flag. And uh, how many uh, companies just don't want to do business across the flag? So there's a way to quantify that because uh, we do have some of the records in terms of those uh, companies we miss um, not getting here because of the flag and, um, and those we're trying to recruit going forward. So, yes, there's a way to quantify mm-hmm. that. And I'm going to point out one other thing while we're on that point. Uh, I, my hat's off to uh, Jordan Jefferson, who's one of the Jackson football players who was up here almost every day. Uh, talking to legislators one-on-one about the importance of coming up with a new flag to represent everybody in the state. And it takes, took a lot of guts on the part of uh, that young man who lived here every day to show the state how much it meant to him going forward. And uh, he was one of the top uh, athletes academically on campus. I think he was a student government president, and also he got a scholarship to Yale, uh, Harvard and other institutions. But it was very uh, a, a 
Crossing to him, he was up here every day sweating it and talking to legislators. And people like that one-on-one made a difference. Uh, legislators talking to the one-on-one. And also, everyday citizens and students coming up to talking to us one-on-one. It really made a difference because we had to listen to what they were saying because we're trying to secure their future because uh, their future is really important in terms of where we're going in the state. Right. So so no, one of the it. things one of the things that, you know, you talked about uh, quantifying the the loss of uh, potential loss, rather, I like to look at it as the future gains. And Mm -hmm. the future gains for the state of Mississippi outweigh the losses. So you basically have said to uh, the rest of the nation and the rest of the world that the state of Mississippi is ready to enter into the global economy. And, And I say that as meaning that we will be able to attract students that stated that before, that they wouldn't want to come because of the flag or the or the perceived racial tension here in the state of Mississippi as a result of that flag. You open uh-huh. the door to new industry, as as Hillman mentioned. Uh, you open the door to individuals that will come here, fall in love with Jackson, fall in love with the idea of bringing Jackson up or or making Jackson better than what it is, or the state of Mississippi better than it is. And you you have that you don't have that brain drain that flows. Uh, as frequently as it does now. You slow that brain drain down because you give these individuals an opportunity to to say that, you know, there is hope here. And that's what we hopefully will have, prayerfully will have. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a huge deal. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to attract some NFL uh, preseason games here in the future. Maybe uh, the Saints training camp can come again, once again. I mean, there there are mm-hmm. opportunities. Uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, we don't have a lot of African Americans playing in Major League Baseball. Maybe Jackson can be that hub for uh, Major League break Baseball spring training a couple of days, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this, this mm-hmm. opens up a lot of uh, opportunities and avenues for the state. Yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, both gentlemen that uh, you know one of the, one of the things that you that you can't quantify in this is you know sometimes you got to have customers to have a business. And 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 when you've had organization after organization say that they won't come here because of the flag, and then so in the back of your mind you know you don't have a customer base. And so here, here's one born with that. Now that the the NCAA women's final four can be in Mississippi, well now Mississippi can start doing some the things partner with say for instance Jackson State with with Hines County with uh, with the city of Jackson to build an arena that can host that kind of event because now you have a customer base for it. See, you know, on the NFL side of things, they they build the stadiums to one day host the Super Bowl. You know, they right. they don't they don't have to deal for the Super Bowl first. They go out and build that stadium, and they know that all we have to do is host one time, and, and we're covered. And so it's the same kind of concept here. Now that our, our customer base, as Representative Bell put it, has opened up to the world, we, if we try to count the economic uh, ripple effect of what this is going to mean, we would still not be able to count all the ripples because it's going to be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now. That's right. Things are going to exactly. still be happening economically and, and, and relative to this podcast, sports economically, that we wouldn't even at that point know was attached to the flag uh, or the flag being gone, but it most definitely is. So I think it's going to be a huge boost, uh, the seen and unseen. I think it opens up. You know, tremendous opportunity, economic development-wise, as it relates to sports. As Representative Bell was saying, you know, MLB, NFL, from training camps to to people hosting events here, the NCAA uh, hosting events here. 
now you're in the, the room for discussion that this is a possibility. And I throw this out to you, Chuck. I had the opportunity this, this year to attend to, to attend, attend the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. There ain't nothing uh-huh. going on in Mobile that couldn't be in Jackson. Sure, you know we we have hey. a, we have a better we have a better stadium than the one place that hosts Mobile. We have better hotels than the hotels of Mobile, and, and we have you know and it's in the capital city and the airport is right here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what was holding us back was was a dinosaur relic relic from the racial uh, past. Now that that's mm-hmm. gone and and Mobile's deal is expiring, now that's you have exactly. the opportunity to be it. Sure, you, you know, you, so it's, you it's are, open. It's open season. You hit on a on a good point that I have been working and talking with uh, Ricky Thigpen with the Jackson Visitors and Convention Center. That is one of the primary uh, conversations that I've had with him for the last two years was to go after the Senior Bowl to come to Jackson. Mm-hmm. You are one hundred percent correct. Our city, this state, has a excellent opportunity in yeah. gaining that Senior Bowl. We have everything that Mobile does not have. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have facilities here, whether it's at Jackson State, Millsaps. We have the facilities here to house those individuals. We have hotel rooms, hotel spaces, and we have more activities. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a mayor that's progressive that is uh, looking for opportunities to bring to the city of Jackson. And we have a stadium uh, that can hold those individuals. So mm-hmm. you are correct. You are correct. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is something that needs to be pushed again. Uh, Representative Bell, I, I tell you, I tell you like this, and you know me a long time now. When I when I walk in the party, she might tell me no, but I'm gonna ask the prettiest girl to dance. And, and uh, <laughs> we have we we have been so so Senator Frazier. I, I don't care if it's Beyonce. I'm, I'm asking Beyonce might tell me no. But I'm going to <laughs> and, and so what we, what we have had psychologically, even with you know the the, uh, the the skilled leadership of Senator Frazier or Representative Bell, we haven't been able to go after Beyonce because we know she's going to say no because of the flag. Well, now yeah, that has been removed, you're walking into the party and you will walk up to the pretty girl. I don't care how long the senior bowl has been in Mobile. Now we have something to offer. Now we oh, yeah. have to go out there and say, hey, I want you to take a look at Jack. And they may say no the first couple of times, and that's okay because mm-hmm. there are other bowl games and there are other events now that are sports-related that now we can go after and get. And I tell people all the time, you know, we, we can put aside, we know what the right thing was and we're on the right side of the history, but let's, let's just take that argument off the table a second. Here's what we know for sure. The flag wasn't making us no money. Right. right. So we, so we know worst case. It's, it's not going to lose us none if it wasn't making us something. But by removing it, look how we have opened the doors of opportunity now. And now it's up to us, particularly I know these two are, are Jackson State graduates and, and their districts are in Hines County, so that touches the capital city. We've now got to go out courting. We've got to ask some people. We've got to introduce the new Mississippi folks and get some stuff to come here and have the facilities to host it and invest in it because that's how we recycle and, and ripple effect that dollar. So your you guys, man, your leadership and getting this done, it just cannot be applauded enough. No doubt about it. Appreciate it, bro. Immediately after we took that vote uh, to change the flag, I went home and accepted a phone call from a legislator in Georgia. He said, "Let's mm-hmm. considering bringing the conference in Mississippi now because we moved that flag." 
And so that's going to mean millions of dollars coming in in terms of revenue. And also, once they come in and, and be tourists, they're going to bring their families here for other vacations. So it's going to be very positive for Mississippi for, for the cost of the action that we took last weekend, changing mm-hmm. the flag. No doubt about it. And I wanted to kind of close out uh, on, on this note here. You know, and, and this this thing moves so rapidly, and we're, uh, we're still uh, – relatively short time frame, uh, but just have you had an opportunity to kind of really process what has all happened in terms of uh, you guys working to remove this state flag? I have not. I have, I have not, uh, honestly, it's, um, it's over. It's been overwhelming. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. refreshing. It's been, um, uh, it's been a, a pleasant surprise because, you know, you guys know that I'm all things Chicago and I never thought I'd see Chicago Cubs win a World Series. I definitely <laughs> thought I would never see <laughs> see the Bulls win, win NBA championship six at my mm-hmm. end. But but literally <laughs> I never thought in my lifetime I'd see that flag removed and that's and that was the feeling I had the day uh that the flag was officially re- removed the day that we let the suspension resolution come outside of the house and the day the Senate voted uh, as well to remove that flag, that those days, I mean, those were worth 10 Chicago Cubs world series and a Chicago Bears victory over Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) You can wait on it. I mean, Senator Frazier, you've been on the front lines of this uh, for a long time with, uh, just giants of the legislature, Henry Kirks, the Ed Blackman, and and so many more to name. What does this moment mean for you? It means so much because I, I remember how hard we fought years ago when it was possible to do so. I remember how we stood, uh, put Fordyce to remove the flag, and we were not successful in that. But after we uh, had this big battle uh, last weekend, it shows the world what can happen when we work together, put politics aside, and work in a nonpartisan manner. I received calls from uh, Australia and Vietnam of all places because they were watching what we were doing in Mississippi. Now we have a chance to tell our own story, how progressive we are, what we can do going forward and what we plan to do because folks are looking at Mississippi and they see how we were able to pull this flag down without uh, a very violent incident like what happened in South Carolina. But like mm-hmm. I said, I'll never reflect on that and say that we have a grand opportunity to do something great for the future of our, our state. By showing the world that we work together, and then making sure that we don't uh, celebrate too much because we still have so much work to do. It's not time to take that victory lap as we talk. It's time to plan mm. and just uh, exactly. work on the next victory because there are many victories we're going to have to have in this state to get where we need to be. Sure, sure, sure. no doubt. Well, I, I can echo my co-host sentiments, uh, gentlemen. Thank you for all your hard work for what you've done for our state of Mississippi. And thank you for coming on the 1400 Club podcast. Uh, you really took us behind the curtains and, and really provided us just tremendous insight on a momentous chapter in the state of Mississippi and provided us an uh, uh, economic breakdown of, of what could be for our great state. So thank you once again. Yeah, thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. And that'll do it for Episode 48 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, 
Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. and all of you in attendance, we ask that you become the change that you want to see.